The Story of Lazarus, based on the Gospel according to John chapter 11. Lazarus, Mary and Martha were very good friends with Jesus. One day, Lazarus became ill, so Mary and Martha sent a message to Jesus, asking him to come to the town of Bethany to heal him. Jesus waited two days before travelling to Bethany. By the time he had reached the town, Lazarus was already dead. Martha was upset with Jesus because he had let Lazarus die. Jesus told Martha that Lazarus would come back to life, but Martha didn't understand. Mary was also upset with Jesus and started crying. When Jesus saw this, he started crying too. Jesus asked for the, for the tomb of Lazarus to be opened, but Martha didn't want to open it because she thought it would smell bad. But Martha had the tomb opened anyway. Jesus prayed to God and yelled loudly, Lazarus, come out! And even though Lazarus had been dead, he rose to life and walked out of his tomb. The Pharisees heard the amazing story of Lazarus coming back to life. They were scared that the Romans would punish all the Jews because of Jesus' miracles. So they plotted to kill him. What an amazing story showing how powerful Jesus is. He can even make dead people come back to life again. And you know, it's a scary time at the moment. Because of the virus, our friends and family might get sick and some of them might die. Maybe this has already happened to people you know and love. And even though it seems like we might be through the worst of it, this experience has, at the very least, brought the reality of sickness and death to the front of our minds. But the story of Lazarus from John chapter 11 can help us when facing these realities. It helps us to remember two important things. And the first is this, Jesus wept. Jesus knows that he's going to bring Lazarus back to life, but he also knows that death is a very sad thing. When he sees Mary crying, he's deeply moved and cries along with her. Even though Jesus knows Lazarus' death is temporary, he relates to Mary in her grieving. So point one, Jesus understands the pain that death brings. It's okay to be upset, and he weeps along with us. But this passage isn't all doom and gloom. Yes, Jesus and his friends weep for Lazarus, but his story has a happy ending. Jesus brings Lazarus back to life. And by doing so, he demonstrates something very important. Jesus is more powerful than death. He performs this miracle knowing that he himself would soon die. And guess what? He also comes back to life. But Jesus rising to life would have an impact on the whole world. Because of Jesus' sacrifice, there is hope. We can also experience new life after we die. If we commit to be followers of Jesus, after we die, we will leave our earthly bodies behind and we'll get to be with him forever and ever. 
So to summarise, it's an upsetting time right now, but let's remember these two important things. One, Jesus understands our pain and he weeps with us. And two, thanks to Jesus and his power over death, those who follow him will rise again. Thanks to Jesus, we have hope. So earlier we heard about how Jesus miraculously brought Lazarus back to life in John chapter 11. This was Jesus' last recorded miracle and the final sign that he was the prophesied son of God, destined to die so that we have hope in the promise of eternal life with him. So the question is, what do we do with this hope, especially in light of the virus? when the prospect of illness and possibly death is far more a reality than most of us are used to. Well, here are three important things that we should do. The first is to follow the example of Mary and Martha in this passage. When Lazarus became sick, the sisters sent word to Jesus, knowing that he could heal their brother. And even after Lazarus dies, Martha says in verse 22, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And the following verses make clear that Martha doesn't understand that Jesus would bring Lazarus back to life. But even so, she has hope in Jesus' power and knows that he could still intervene in some way. So, in times of trouble, be like Mary and Martha. Ask for Jesus' help. But here's a challenging thought. Does Jesus answer Mary and Martha's request in exactly the way they wanted? Well, no, he doesn't. The sisters chastised Jesus for arriving too late to save Lazarus' life. They clearly wanted Jesus to heal him, like he's healed so many others up to this point. The blind, the lame, the deaf. He even healed the son of a government official who was also on his deathbed. So why didn't he bother to arrive in time to heal Lazarus? Well, even though Jesus doesn't do exactly what Mary and Martha want, he does still respond to the sisters' cry for help. He ends up doing something even more amazing than they'd expected. And so with us today. If people we love are sick, we should ask God to heal them in Jesus' name. The New Testament letter of First John tells us that if it's God's will, he will hear us and we will have what we ask. In other words, our sick will be healed. But what if it's not God's will? What if they're not healed? In our own limited wisdom, it's easy to be upset with God for not doing what is seemingly good. But God, the creator of the universe and beginning and end of everything, knows more than we do. And as it says in Romans 8, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Mary and Martha, in their case, God, through his son Jesus, didn't heal Lazarus, but still worked the situation for good, enacting a prophetic sign through the bringing of Lazarus back from the dead. But unlike Mary and Martha, the good that God does through our own tragic circumstances may not always appear right in front of us at least not in this life. 
to help us understand this, let's look at what the prophetic sign of Lazarus points towards. And that's two very important aspects of the Christian faith. Firstly, it was a sign of Jesus' own upcoming death and resurrection. And secondly, it was a sign of the very thing that Jesus' sacrifice enabled, our own resurrection into new eternal life with Jesus, should we decide to follow him. And this is crucial, because for followers of Jesus, whatever happens to our earthly bodies, God will ultimately restore. We might not see the healing we want in this life, but faithful Christians will be healed, and then some, in eternity. Turning to our friends and family, their decision to follow Jesus is a personal one. But we can still harness our hope in God's Son that he will equip us to help point people towards him, ensuring that death is not the end. So point one in what to do with our hope, ask for Jesus' help. If we don't see his response in this life, we may see a greater one in the next. Point two, we can also uncover by looking again at our passage. So verse eight, the disciples are telling Jesus they're worried about him traveling near Jerusalem because there are religious people there who already tried to kill him. And as he often does, Jesus uses his reply to make an entirely different point. So from verse nine, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus refers to himself as the light of the world. So with that in mind, we can understand this passage as Jesus saying, if you go through life without me, you will be spiritually blind. You won't be able to see how your mistakes impact you. But if you follow me, you will see the dangers of temptation and sin, and with my help, you will ultimately overcome them. So point two, in these trying times, with the mindset of hope, live in the light of Jesus. For many of us, this might mean reaffirming our existing faith in Christ Jesus. We might believe in him, but in all the stresses and strains of life under COVID-19, we forget to follow Jesus' light and instead stumble in the dark. The challenges of working from home or risking infection going out to work or the uncertainty of being furloughed or made redundant, coupled with our impatience with those we now spend way more time living with or the loneliness of of living by ourselves. And that's not even to mention the constant anxiety over COVID-related news headlines or its effects on people we know or even those in our own households. All these things can easily cause us to forget God to forget to serve him in everything we do, and to make time exclusively in his presence. But relying on Jesus can help us get through this. So let's reaffirm our faith in him and start living in his light once again. But for some of us, living in Jesus' light might mean committing to him for the very first time. If that's you, I strongly encourage you to get in touch by email or even better join our Zoom meeting at the end of the service and speak to one of our church leaders. They would love to chat and pray with you. So, where have we got to? 
in these trying times, there are three ways that we can harness the hope we have in Jesus. One, ask for his help. Two, live in his light. The third and final is this, tell other people about his light and the hope we have living in it. With the virus threatening our lives, or at the very least massively disrupting them, it's now more important than ever to share the gospel of Jesus and the hope it brings. Mary and Martha witnessed Lazarus' death and later Jesus' own death without fully realising that Jesus had power over it. Martha had some idea, but didn't see the full picture. Similarly, our friends and family who are not yet believers, they might know something of our hope in Jesus, but they don't fully get it yet. They face the prospect of death and find nothing. As Christians, we face death and find hope. At the end of Matthew's Gospel account, Jesus delivers the Great Commission, telling his followers, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. It is the Christian's duty to make disciples, to share with others the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Now I know some of you are cringing right now because the prospect of sharing our faith can be scary. We dread the awkwardness, we think we'll mess it up, we're afraid we won't be able to answer our friends' challenging questions. So how do we get over these hurdles? Well, by using the other two responses to hope we've already talked about. How do we go about sharing our faith? Ask for Jesus' help. How do we go about sharing our faith? Live in Jesus' light. If you have friends and family in mind who you'd love to share the good news of Jesus with, before your next Zoom call or socially distant meetup, use the power of prayer to ask for Jesus' help. Pray in Jesus' name that you'll be equipped with the opportunity, the words and the wisdom to talk about your faith in a way they will be open to. As for living in Jesus' light, well, if you're not sure you'll be able to eloquently communicate the gospel message, living in Jesus' light means, firstly, reading his holy scriptures, the Bible, to make sure we have his teachings down pat. Secondly, it means obeying his commands, doing what the scriptures instruct, and being a shining example to the people around us of what being a follower of Jesus looks like. Our friends are more, far more likely to listen if we practice what we preach. And again, if you're watching this and thinking, I don't have a faith to share and I don't really get this whole hope in Jesus thing, then please get in touch with one of us on the Zoom call after the service, drop us an email or visit our website to learn more about the Alpha course, exploring who Jesus really is. Otherwise, those of us who are followers of Jesus, let's make a renewed commitment to obey his command to share with others the hope we have in him. So, what do we do with our faith in Jesus? One, ask for his help. Two, live in his light. And three, equipped with the benefits of the first two, tell others about our hope. The story of Lazarus teaches that in these trying times, we face death, yet find hope. So let's make sure we harness that hope by engaging with Jesus, living in his light, 
and sharing the hope we have with other people so that we can experience our own resurrection into eternal bodies and enter God's presence to be with him forever and ever. Amen.